Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi guys, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Please. If you wouldn't mind. You can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the royals. Um, This week, we are recording a special episode early because... Lisa and I are both traveling. Yes, we I'm, are. I'm going to Paris. That's really nice. I'm excited for you. Yes. Where are you going? Oh, I don't want to brag. <laughs> um, I'm going to Las Vegas to see Celine Dion. Oh my god. <laughs> so we have we're having really special weeks this week. I mean, I'm also seeing Lady Gaga, which is amazing in and of itself. But like Celine Dion is, you know, like your m- goddess, like your yeah. queen. She is everything to me. She's her majesty. She is. So we're having a very special week. But while we're here, we're having another special week because we are being joined by Megan's Mirror. We are so excited. So excited. We rely on Megan's Mirror so much in our reporting and the way we prepare for these episodes. So we're really, really excited to have them here. Um, First, we have, though, a well, we have a real refreshment, which is the whiskey ginger that we were drinking in the episode two weeks ago. because That's when we recorded this. I'm actually Yours is done. done. I have like one sip left. It was really good. I should make another. <laughs> you absolutely should. You'll need it for the rest of us. Um, and we have a listener email from Jenna. Uh-oh. The subject line is a royal reprimand. Oh, my gosh. Would you like to read this? I hope I'm not getting punished. Okay. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, Caitlin and Lisa. What a crazy week it's been with all the royal news. I've been completely unable to contain my excitement, which brings me to the story I have to share with you. I'm a massage therapist at a chiropractic office in my town. Amazing. Like you, we encourage clients to leave us reviews and feedback. Please Mm. leave us a review. (laughs) Uh, So we know how we were doing and how to better serve the community. Yesterday afternoon, one of the doctors called me into their office to discuss a review that had been left for me. The reviewer said the massage felt good, but she wasn't able to fully relax as her massage therapist, me, wouldn't stop talking in detail about the royal baby (laughs) and discussing possible name scenarios. As this person came in on a Tuesday and it hadn't been released yet. That being said, Archie, can't wait to hear your thoughts. The doctor said, I don't even know what to say other than please stop discussing the royal baby with our clients. (laughs) I'm not even mad to have this in my personnel file. Archie, you are so worth it. Keep up the good work, ladies. I listen every week. Cheerio and God save the pod, Jenna. Uh, I mean, I don't encourage your royal obsession getting in the way of your occupation. Lisa and I have found a way to make this our occupation, which I highly recommend. <laughs> but um, I, I have to respect it. I also think your boss isn't cool. And nor are your clients. Yeah. What if you just opened a royally obsessed massage parlor? Just saying. Could have us in the waiting room. It puts you in a happy mood. Because it's super easy to start a business. <laughs> We're kidding. It's very difficult. <laughs> but still, if that's that's an option available to you, Jenna. But thank you to thank you for listening and thank you for writing to us. 
Um, so again, we're about to chat with uh, Megan's mirror. But first, we have to discuss the fact that Trooping the Color, one of the absolute biggest events of the year, is coming up this weekend, which we are very excited about, even though we'll be watching from France and from Las Vegas. Sorry, I don't want to brag. <laughs> I think I'll, it'll be a little easier for me because I'll be on the timetable of Europe. So that helps a little bit, actually. Celine Dion doesn't exist in time. She exists <laughs> in a different plane. So, of course, um, Trooping the Color is the second celebration, uh, the official celebration of Queen Elizabeth's birthday. She gets to have two birthdays. We discuss this every year. It's freaking awesome. If I could celebrate my birthday twice, I would do it. And I would also choose June because I love the month of June. So I really get it. So for This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. This week, the first week of June in 1952, was the first Trooping the Color for Queen Elizabeth, not the first one in general, but her first one. So it always has a parade through London, and she's always wearing, like, her token pastels. Yeah, there's a military flyover. Yes, and she usually rides in a vintage carriage from Buckingham Palace along the Mall to the Horse Guards Parade in central London. I'm, of course, looking at a report from... The Telegraph. Um, the Telegraph about it. Indeed. And it's basically like the event where the entire royal family is always there. Yeah, that's how everyone. we here in the U.S. might know it best. We're like, oh, that's the event where everyone's wearing their finest and they're all on the balcony together. And now that we have all these kids, the kids watch the military flyover and they point up at the sky. Um, sometimes it happens a little bit later in June, but this year we got it early. So, you know, mark your clocks, mark your calendars. It's this Saturday. We're so excited. What are some of your predictions and some of your hopes for this Trooping the Color? They're allowed to be ridiculous. Okay. My prediction and my hope is probably the same as yours, knowing us. My yeah. prediction is Megan will be there. Okay. My hope is that Archie will also be there, although I worry, is it an, is it okay for him as a baby to be out already? And, like, is it right. too big of a crowd? Is it's the huge sound crowd, bad? really loud. Can he wear noise-canceling headphones? <laughs> or are they not made for oh newborns? Oh, my God, teeny, teeny, tiny noise-canceling headphones. Okay, I honestly suspect that, this is just my prediction, that I don't think Megan will be there and I don't think Archie will be there, but... My dream is that they'll both be there. And my dreamiest dream is that Archie Harrison will be wearing teeny tiny noise canceling headphones and will be strapped to Prince Harry's chest in a Bjorn. Oh, my God. That's just my vision. I just died. Do with that what you will. Um, So I hope for that. And I hope that we get all three Cambridge kids. Um, Last Trooping the Color, we, of course, got George and Charlotte, but no Louis. Um, We've been seeing a lot of Louis. Finally, no longer the most elusive family member. Now Archie is. Now Archie is, which is fair he's it seems like every baby is elusive. <laughs> weird weird how that happens days old still um but yeah that it would be really fun to have louis at his first one um i just i love this event i love seeing everyone in their finest and riding up in carriages and it's just the best i it love seeing like who stands near who and um it's just it's really lovely so love tripping the color this saturday get ready and now our main event we are joined by Christine Ross from Megan's Mirror. So Megan's Mirror is basically the authority on all the things that Megan is wearing. They keep track of her outfits. They ID her outfits. Often before a lot of us, like Royals reporters even, they, they yeah. like know everything that's happening. It's this phenomenal blog. It's a great social media account. It's just fun to poke through. It's you know? so fun. You don't have to be a super fashionista. You can just be like, where did Megan wear that amazing coat? Or like where did she find those earrings or what's the significance of those earrings like where did they come from and where can i get them and where can i get them which i can never afford never nowhere but it's good to know at least yeah 
Okay, and now we are joined by Christine Ross, the editor of Megan's Mirror. Hi, Christine. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so I, I love chatting about um, this, you know, all day, every day. So I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> Us too. Um, so thank you so much. And I really just want to start by asking you how you got your start with this site. You know, we started um, many years ago with a site called What Would Kate Do? And Megan's Mirror totally evolved from that. It was kind of a natural progression. Um, we started What Would Kate Do? You know, if we're going in the way, way back machine, that came out of a place of like love and need. Um, I had just graduated from college and was totally dumped by my boyfriend. My editor, Amanda, had just had her first baby. And we were both in this place of like, what are we doing with our lives? Mm. Um, so we looked to Kate Relatable. for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's what, how, what would Kate do started. And then as kind of a natural progression, um, actually, I shouldn't say that. When Harry and Megan started dating, my co-editor Amanda said, Christine, I think we should start a Megan website. And I said, no, there's no way. And she was like, <laughs> no, really, I think we should do it. And I was like, no way, Amanda, this isn't going to work out. Um, and here we are. <laughs> Wait, why the reluctance? Because so, it was so much work? Oh, my gosh. No, I thought I honestly thought Megan would never commit to Harry. Like, I I kind of thought she was t too good for that. Like, not that she was too good for that, but I thought she was going to sit there and say, like, I can't do what I want to do while being a royal. But actually, she's doing a fantastic job doing exactly that. You know, I kind of with her personality, I thought she was going to see that as a huge kind of roadblock in her goals, but she's actually really used it to her advantage. That is a true, you know, response, because I feel like when we first heard about Meghan Markle, she was just the latest of Prince Harry's girlfriends. We, of right. course, didn't know she was going to be the wife. And thankfully, she is. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's so cool. And so did you or Amanda have a fashion background? Because now I think, of course, of Meghan's Mirror as a hardcore fashion site and, of course, the hardcore fashion site when it comes to Meghan's style. Um, professionally, absolutely not. Although, you know, <laughs> personally we were, um, we're not that we're, you know, fashionistas, but we are just, um, I think like most women, we're really interested in fashion trends and things like that. Uh, Amanda's background is in finance and my background is in history. So neither wow. one of those were kind of amazing conducive to that, but it was really just kind of from a place of love and just like a real obsession with shoes and handbags. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh. I was going to ask, uh, we, I always love asking people this and we discuss it for ourselves all the time. What was the origin of your royal obsession? Like, where did that come from? Oh my gosh. Um, mine personally, I can't, I remember being a little girl and like, my um, my mom didn't tell me when Princess Diana died, I think because she thought I would be too devastated. And I was, uh, it was a solid 10 years later that I figured that out, which is maybe a little traumatizing. But it was definitely kind of in that, you know, when I was a young girl, Diana was kind of in the spotlight. And then it died down. Um, and it really came back with Kate. You know, it really did. Just like I said, like that place of need where I had no idea what I was doing with my life. And here was someone who was just, you know, the embodiment of, of kind of, you know, a woman with, you know, her life going in the right direction. Um, and I think for a lot of women, it kind of started with Diana when Diana was, you know, doing so much 
great work and was really in the press and then died down for probably about a decade. And then Kate comes on the scene and we're all like, oh, right. We love this stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Completely. So I'm really interested in the process because what I don't understand is how you guys are able to identify pieces before like anybody else. Like, how is it that you guys can locate things so quickly? Do you have like a database? Are you like really hooked up with people? Like, do you have lots of connections or do you just fast. Yeah. Who's telling you? And also you're in the United States, right? On the East Coast. So you're yeah. you're getting this, you know, theoretically hours after the British public is. Or are you waking up at 3 a.m.? Like yes. I need to understand. Uh, yeah. it. No, Take us through the all, entire process. <laughs> we are up at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> we I knew it. Um, we so it, it really totally varies. There are some times where we're kind of privileged to um, like if there's an embargo, our photo agencies would have those photos, you know, with an embargo on them so we can we can kind of peek at those. But that it hasn't been that's more for kind of the Cambridges. But with Megan, it's we're up at five in the morning, kind of on our MacBooks or, you know, ready to go. And um Amanda, my co-editor, is terrible at this. She is like literally been told to not even guess um, <laughs> when it comes to fashion. It it really comes down to, like I said, a handbag and shoe obsession. And it's a lot of Googling. So if Meghan Markle, you know, steps out of the car at an event, we're immediately saying, okay, what do we already know? Like, what can we identify right out the bat? And it's maybe it's a pair of shoes. And we're like, okay, I recognize those right away. And that's just familiarity. You know, that's just kind of like, you know, certain shoes are just really recognizable. I mean, shoes, handbags, certain things are just really recognizable. You know them right off the bat. And then if it's something new, then we start searching and we go through her favorite brands, you know, and it's, if it's a coat, we're going to Smythe, we're going to Gucci, we're going to Givenchy. Um, and that really is literally kind of Googling, um, you know, and it might be she wore a coat to sign the condolence book in New Zealand and it had these great big jaguar buttons on them or lion buttons. They These great big animal buttons. Um, and all of a sudden it was like Googling um, Givenchy coat, lion buttons. Nothing came up. Uh, you know, <laughs> Smythe coat, lion buttons. Okay, that didn't work. Gucci coat, lion buttons. And I think it was Gucci that had a similar piece with lion buttons. So we were able to confirm that. Wow. That was a bespoke piece from Gucci. Um, and it is kind of those key details. So centaur coats have um, a specific cuff that they use. It's like stitched and quilted. And if you see that right away, you know it's a centaur coat, a centaur piece. And it comes down to stuff really as tiny as that. Sometimes we're zooming in on high quality pictures to see the logo on the soles of her shoes to really get that wow. confirmation. Um, and of course, the easiest thing is if we get a press release from a pal the palace or a brand. Uh, and that just makes my life really easy. <laughs> See, that's so funny. I completely thought it was just press releases from brands. And so, I mean, you don't have to get too specifics. I know that some of this stuff is, you know, sensitive. But trade secrets. Do you trade secrets. But do you get tipped off by any of the fashion houses ahead of time? And do you think that you guys are maybe getting, you know, sort of special just for Megan's Mirror press releases or information that way? We, so um, that's kind of a mixed bag because there have been times when we've received sort of a very vague email from brands and it happens all the time where it's like, we'd love for you to look at XYZ collection, right? And we go and look at that collection and we're like, okay, this is kind of Megany. And we never hear from that brand again, never see it oh, again interesting. versus six weeks later, Megan wears something from that collection. Okay. And oh. so... 
it does it does happen and then it and and sometimes it's totally like a red herring um we've received kind of uh you know uh, discreet tips from certain people. We've gotten emails from stylists that have kind of confirmed things, you know, anything where you're kind of, I wouldn't say anything where you're like kind of out of the blue, but there have been some really tricky IDs where we have just gotten releases from brands or from a stylist or from a specific source saying, listen, this is, this is who we're looking at. Um, this is the piece that happened a couple times during the Australian tour when, you know, there's not a lot of familiarity with Australian or New Zealand designers. Um, and so some of those pieces came from emails just kind of directly to our inbox. Like, hey, just a heads up, this is the designer for that piece. And then we were able to share that. Um, that is so rare. We're usually, you know, figuring this out by ourselves. Um, often a brand will send us a press release after we've identified a piece. And it's like... <laughs> Thanks, dude. Like, that would have been helpful <laughs> like an hour ago. Uh, um, but it, it's really a mixed bag. There's no, like, every time we do this, every time we do that, or it's definitely this. And then there's pieces that we, we, we've never found, and I don't know if we ever will. What are some of those? There's two coats. Um, one specifically, when Megan stepped off the airplane in New Zealand, she's in, like, a black coat that's lined in red, and it haunts my dreams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Because there's so many that are like similar or it's a black coat lined in blue or it's, you know, um, the same cut but a different fabric and it just haunts my dreams. We'll never find it. We think <laughs> almost every time we can't find something, it ends up being uh, just bespoke Givenchy. I think um, we need to say Claire, wait. if people hear a sound in the background, it's your dog. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm so sorry. No, no, no we love, love dogs. So we, we are happy to. Um, that, if that makes this, he's part of the royal team. Duke. He's a Duke. Oh, uh, oh, but yeah, that. he's participating. Oh, it's perfect. We it's love perfect. you, Duke. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, so now I want to ask you about Megan's style. So you've been following it closely, maybe close, more closely than like anybody. Um, yeah. How do you think her style has evolved since she kind of not officially joined the royal family, but since like the engagement was announced and she started doing royal events? I think that, you know, we've been asked this question a lot. And I think that there's a key aspect here in that she's doing things she's never done before. So like she never had to go to church before. I mean, maybe she did, but, you know, she never needed anything that not she like would need this. a hat for. <laughs> we didn't see too many royal ball gowns. Um, so her style has kind of changed. We've noticed changes in it, but it's also her role has evolved. And I think that anytime we see her off duty, she is absolutely the same. It's the same distressed jeans. It's the same shoes. She like literally the same shoes she wore before she got married. It's very similar to, you know, old Megan, if you will, or pre Harry Megan off duty. She's the same. She's the same girl. Um, in terms of her royal events, you know, now that she's going to these charitable organizations, she's sort of going to these church, you know, um, what am I thinking? Church services. You know, she's going to British weddings. Her role has really changed. And that's where we're seeing these changes. Um, and it's kind of more, she's really trying to fit into that mold. And it's really, the British culture is very specific. My husband is British and I didn't know how so different lucky. it was until wow. I married him. We're very jealous. <laughs> Interlude to commend you, you on that. So how is it different? Like, how is it specific and different? I feel like, like, there's just, there's something you wear to British weddings and that's what you wear. And it's like a floral dress and a 
hat and that's what you always wear to British weddings. And Megan sort of, she went to, um, I think, uh, Harry's cousin's wedding and her name escapes me. And she wore that kind of really great Club Monaco dress that was pleated and it was color blocked and it was yeah. very modern. And it was very cute. Probably would have flown at an American wedding, but everyone that kind of was critical of it was like, well, that's not what you wear to a wedding. Because when you go to a British wedding, you tend to wear that everyone wears like the same Ted Baker floral dress and a fascinator that they got from John Lewis. And it's kind of formulaic. And that's how the British people like their, you know, like that's how they mm-hmm. like their weddings. Um, and I think Megan is coming in and she's she's an American and she's kind of, she's adding an American spin to what the British are kind of used to. You know, even her hats and her fascinators, if you look at them, they're not very floral and frilly like you might see from Kate. You know, Kate has a modern millinery style, but there's big flowers and there's a lot going on. And, and Megan is more of like, you know, a, an architectural detail in her hats. And it's, you know, she's adding this American spin to something that's like a very British institution, which is hats in church or hats at weddings and things like that. And I think people are um, not resistant to it, but they're kind of seeing they're like, huh, that's not really what we're expecting or that's what we're used to. And um, the British are definitely, they're, they're lovely, but they very much <laughs> like things the way that they like them. And they're all about tradition and they're all about, you know, um, having things a certain way. Um and so I think this change is just, you know, a change. And Megan is super American. She's cut, she's bubbly. She wants to change the world. And I, you know, that's wonderful. That's why people like her. But, you know, if we're tying it to fashion, I think that's why there's a little bit of, I wouldn't say resistance or pushback, but some hesitation in her fashion choices um, where she's trying to stay modern. She's trying to stay trendy. She's trying to stick to who she is. But it's kind of, there's a little bit of a, maybe like a, a a little growing pain here where it's like, okay, how do I be a duchess and myself and stick to the styles that flatter me um, and also, you know, honor the charity or this country that I'm visiting and also nothing that would ever insult anybody. It's a lot. And she's kind of just, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> I think what you said about the Club Monaco dress is really valid because when I saw her at that wedding in that dress, I thought she looked so great. And I thought it was such a wonderful wedding look. But I saw criticism for it. And that yeah. makes sense. Your way of putting it. I didn't really understand why people were upset. But if like, if it's just a different way of doing things, then that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like I did this with my own husband where it's like you don't know until you're standing at that wedding and everybody looks different. And you're like, oh, I've done this wrong. Um, And Megan looked great. But I think that she is kind of going through this. It's a big culture shock. I don't think I certainly didn't know how different American and British culture was going to be when I married my husband. And I'm sure she's kind of sitting there like, oh, I didn't know that this was going to be as different as it is. Yeah, I could see that. Um, What are some of your favorite looks of Megan's in the time you've been covering her? Um, It's hands down her casual looks, uh, without a doubt. And those are the ones that are the most popular. Um, She's off duty. She's going to lunch. Uh, The one that was huge, I mean, enormously huge, was when she left um, the Mark Hotel en route to the airport in New York. That just, like, exploded. Uh, Everyone everyone needed a mummy necklace. People who didn't have children needed a mummy necklace. In the yoga pants. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like the the leggings and a pair of Adidas sneakers. Those are the ones that I love the most. Those are the ones that resonate with our readers the most because – most people or a lot of people, what we hear is that they love the royals because 
it's that fairy tale. You know, everyone kind of loves that fairy tale story. And we love royal fashion because we want a little bit of that fairy tale in our own lives. You know, I live in Virginia. I don't live in England. I'm not a princess. But maybe if I had Meghan Markle's shoes or her handbag, (laughs) I would feel a little bit more royal. And that's really what people... You know, that's how I feel and that's how our readers feel, that if they can have that little something, like they feel a little bit more royal in their everyday life. And that something needs to be kind of casual. I don't have a lot of uses for a ball gown, but I have a lot of uses for sneakers. That's true. And what do you think are some of the pieces that Megan has worn that people have gone out and bought the most? Um, It's, I mean, it's always casual wear. I... You know, we've pulled the statistics before and it's like a J. Crew Chambray shirt. It's um, you know, a pair of sneakers. It's her more iconic pieces, like the Everlane tote, that was huge. Um, that's really what people are going out. Like I said, like if they can wear it to drop their kids off at school, or if they can wear it to the grocery store, um, that's, you know, those are the purchases that people are like buying right away. The other thing that we've actually seen a huge boost in is um, lookalike jewelry. So, I mean, we do, we have um, a jewelry line that we're running now that's, you know, mirror mag jewelry, but even, not even our specific pieces, people want the jewelry that she's wearing because I think it's really easy to put on a pair of lookalike earrings and kind of, you know, feel princessy. And we can all afford Cartier earrings, but if you have like a, a, great pair that looks just like them. It's, you know, like it adds that extra, literally that Markle sparkle to your day. Um, so those inexpensive jewelry lookalike pieces have been hugely popular as well. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, and so we haven't, we're not going to see Megan for a little bit, unfortunately, while she's on maternity leave. <laughs> yeah. I hope not. I hope she's resting. Um, but do you have any ideas of what her style will look like when she returns from maternity leave? Any sort of predictions about that? I really think it's going to look the same in the sense that, you know, she's really, she really is true to herself, even as she learns her new role as a duchess and, you know, living in England and kind of what all that means as she finds that balance, she's still really wearing the same things. You know, she loves a tuxedo dress. She loves a great coat. She loves a tailored trouser suit. I think we're going to see the exact same styles on her, you know, even with a baby in tow. Um, I don't think we're going to see little Archie very often. So Megan doesn't really have to worry about, you know, machine washable clothes the same <laughs> way that other new moms do. Um, I think they're going to let Archie have, you know, his private childhood. So I think we're going to see Megan, you know, the same old girl that we've really, you know, come to love, the same modern trendy fashions that we've really come to love. Yeah. And what impact has she had on some of the brands that she's worn? It's we. It's really been... Um, tremendous to hear from these brands because she's made a huge impact just to, to put it lightly. Um, I know Outland denim, um, has spoken about how she's just been huge for the brand. There was, um, Hute denim. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but the Welsh company where they were able to employ like, you know, dozens more people or however many it was purely because she wore their jeans. Um, Demelier London, Megan wore one of their handbags and, um, We've seen easily, you know, easily a hundred sales of that handbag. Every handbag sold, a set of vaccines is donated to a child in need in an underdeveloped country. Wow. So just because Meghan Markle has worn that handbag, a hundred or more vaccines have gone to an underdeveloped country. Um, and that, I mean, I guess that's just like the charitable impact or like the, you know, 
goody goody impact, mm-hmm. but really <laughs> financially, you know, brands have seen huge spikes continuously. So a brand, Finley and Co. sunglasses, Megan wore those to the first Invictus games that she went to, you know, the ripped jeans that set the world on fire. Those sunglasses were hugely popular. And now still, every time Megan wears sunglasses, doesn't have to be Finley and Co. sunglasses, that brand sees a spike in sales. So just she wears sunglasses and they see a spike in sales in the sunglasses that she wore. So the Megan effect is real, guys. I mean, that is really an economic phenomenon uh, that the media is not hyping. It's incredible. Megan's doing a great job wearing these smaller brands too and really kind of putting them on the map, but just, you know, making a positive impact in their world, but also in kind of the global fashion scene. Okay. Amazing. That's so so fascinating. I'm going to miss her so much. You just reminded me though, which makes me very happy that if she does, when she reappears, it'll probably be in autumn and we'll get to see some amazing coats all over again. So that makes me very happy. Her coat game is strong. (laughs) (laughs) And what are some of your dream looks for Megan? Um, A tiara would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on, (laughs) give us a tiara. (laughs) Um, I can't wait to see that because, you know, I I don't mean to compare Megan and Kate, but I just think it's interesting to see they're in a similar role. Kate's really embraced the tiara game as like she goes full princess, right? Like she's in princess dresses every time she wears a tiara. And I think Megan is not going to do that. So I would love to see how she styles a tiara without going kind of full princess on us. I think it's going to be so cool to see that. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to a tiara and I just am looking forward to some, um, kind of high street, uh, what, what's the word? Like a lower brand name pieces. Everyone loves that. When she wore like, and other stories, you know, that blouse, yeah, yeah. That, that green blouse that was hugely popular. Cause we could all go out and afford it. Um, you know, like with a coupon code and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, those are always my favorites is to see things that, you know, we can all afford. I do love that. Me too. Bring it on. Bring it on. But like, what are some of your high, like, sorry, what are some of your favorite high-end pieces that she's worn? Because I love all of her casual looks as well. But like, what are some of your favorite, like, ultra glam Duchess Megan looks? That Oscar de la Renta cocktail dress, the black and white one that was like, it was kind of princessy, but it was super modern, edgy princessy. Yeah, like with the birds. That was just totally, I was like, yes, you've nailed it. (laughs) Like she was duchessy, but she wasn't like, it wasn't frou-frou. It was very modern. It was super flattering. That one I loved. Um, I loved the one shoulder black Givenchy she wore when she was pregnant. That was just like, amazing at the british fashion Um, awards yes that one was just i was just like yes again you're just (laughs) like this is fantastic um i am i guess i'm a sucker for her ball gowns because i was gonna say the the safia blue capey one oh yes (laughs) that's like my all-time greatest i know that one was just amazing again it was like yes that was so great um and i love her sort of her tuxedo suiting like when she does the like a slim pair of trousers and a jacket and a white blouse i just think that that's it's very clean it's very classic um and it's very powerful i just think that you know she does a power suit in a really great way yeah that's true I'm so I'm, I miss her. I feel like this is why we were able to talk to you now because this is probably the slowest time in your year and that you'll get for a little bit. It is. We're kind of, I mean, yes and no. As soon, like, we haven't had to wake up at 5 a.m. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I have a five month old baby. I wake up at 5 a.m. pretty often. <laughs> um, 
but we haven't had like those really early wake-ups. We just kind of recovered from the royal baby's birth, you know, like all that madness where it was like, okay, nothing, 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 nothing. She's, you know, she's in labor. Actually, just kidding. She's had the baby. It's a boy. And that whole day, like we spent three days on television and like we were like, I I don't think I can talk for a few days. (laughs) We have a day off. Um, But yeah, it is a little bit of a, I don't want to say a lull right now because we have a lot of, you know, we're still, we have uh, the jewelry line and we're doing some some other projects that we have in the works, which is exciting. But no 5 a.m. wake ups, which is all I care about right now. That's very That's amazing. Good. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really had such a great time talking with yeah, you. Yeah, this is so fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope I didn't give away too many state secrets. No, no, I can't. <laughs> I just, I can't believe you're doing all this research on your own. That blew my mind. I really thought everybody was just like, not leaking these things to you, but sharing them with you at least. It but- is just a deep love of shoes. <laughs> Where can our listeners follow you? On social media. Um, so you can follow the blogs on Instagram at Megan's Mirror Blog or Twitter at Megan's Mirror. You can follow me at both um, Instagram and Twitter at Christine underscore F E E F F I E. Excellent. Amazing. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. That was Christine Ross, the editor of Megan's Mirror. We are so grateful that she came by. Thank I, you so much. I was like, I knew that Megan had a big economic impact with her fashion, but yeah. just to actually hear the true scope of it, that's so amazing. That is amazing. And also, I need Megan Markle sunglasses. Yes. I hope she goes out again. I get um, some point. like targeted Instagram ads of <laughs> brands being like, look, Megan Markle wore these sunglasses and maybe I'm going to buy some. Absolutely. You will. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, well, we don't have many highs and lows because we're recording this early, but I can just anticipate that my low is we don't see Archie Harrison strapped in a Bjorn to Prince Harry's chest. Same. Just a guess. Um, but anyway, sad. You can drop us an email at info at gallery podcast to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here is a real review. Can we take this one, Lisa? Yes. Um, it's from Royal Watcher Extraordinaire, which is a great username. Truly. Um, The subject is perfection. (laughs) Um, They write, this podcast is as delicious and light as frothy pink cotton candy. And I can't Mm. get enough. We should get pink cotton candy and dissolve it into a drink. That would be so sugary. I'm not into super sugary stuff. You're wrong. It's summer now. This is what we drink. I guess this is my new life. This is what you do. <laughs> you can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast or join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Where can people follow you, Lisa, hater of sugar and joy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my writing at The Cut. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And until next week, when we're back in New York and staring into each other's eyes... God save the pod. <laughs> I'll just be thinking about Celine Dion the whole time. <laughs> it's allowed. I understand. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.